Hey guys, this is Anna. So before we get today, get on with the show today, let's hear from our sponsor. Hey guys, this is the Ramblings of a Transgender Christian Podcast. I am your host, Anna Hudak. It's that time of week already. I, I am quite crazy to think about it. It is time to record for the big episode, you know, the big Monday episode um, for those listening not on Patreon or subscribe star that is, which is well at the point this point everybody. But yeah, the big up the big the big episode. The 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 week's big episode. It's feels like it was just yesterday when I was recording last week's. So cr- crazy that we're already at this point of the week again. Like it's amazing. <clears throat> Sorry, something got stuck in my right there. Um it's amazing just how quickly weeks go these days. Like, as you get older, like, time just goes by so much quicker. Like, it's honestly insane. Like, I think, like, the best way, like, the thing I think about the most of, like, really kind of quantify it in some ways is Christmas season. Like, when you're a kid, <laughs> man, Christmas season drags, especially those, the, the 20, you know, December like, holy shit, you know, those 25 days of December, you know, like, the 24 days leading up to the 25th, like, it just drags for you, man. Like, it just drags. Like, each day feels like a year. Then you become, like, an adult, you know, and it's just like, oh, wait, shit. It, it, like, it's one day, it's January 1st, and then the next day is Christmas. It's like, oh, shit, like, this happened already. Oh, my God. How did we get to Christmas already? I am not ready for this. No, no, oh, no. And then, like, Christmas Day goes by really fast. Like, no, no, okay, this is the one day here, you know, I'm gonna try to save her, and it just flies by, and it's like, ah, oh, shit. Well, at least I know that in, like, no time flat, it's gonna be Christmas next year, and, you know, I'm just gonna be a year older, um, one year closer to death. <laughs> but, hey, you know, at least practically tomorrow is gonna be Christmas again. <clears throat> And then my guess is, you know, I, I don't know, like, I'm 22. I always have to think about that because, like, it's, like, practically, like, I didn't even have a birthday last year. So it's just, like, I had to think about how old I am. But, like, I'm 22. It's, like, like I am fucking terrified that by the time I'm 60. But, like, like right now, it feels like Christmas is going to be, like, tomorrow. Like, I feel like that, like, by the, I, I'm scared that by the time I get to 60, like, Christmas is going to be there, like, the next second. Like, the year just goes by so quickly, and it's just like, all right, Christmas, and then, oh, crap, woke up Christmas again, you know? Like, it's just one second for now, like, like, crazy, man, like, it, it's crazy, like, I already, like, like, oh, gosh, crazy, man, just, just beyond crazy. Amazing, the th- amazing how we age and all that shit. So, yeah, you know. So, <laughs> there's all that. <laughs> uh, man, now, now I just like, like I, now I just so tempted to say or to think about, you know, just time and all that shit. But I was like, no, I got a podcast to record. A podcast I've been putting off all day. You know, it's 5.44 in the evening right now. I was supposed to have recorded it this morning. But I woke up late. Uh, 
started it wanted to film one video realized that i couldn't because i didn't have everything ready for it but i had to come up with another video on a spread a moment for tomorrow which is friday um as i'm recording this so which means that you know by the time you, any of you are listening to this yeah so the video that i recorded for what for me is tomorrow is already out because for me tomorrow is friday you know and then um that took forever and then eventually, and the video took was really long, uh, much longer than I expected it to be or wanted it to be. And then, you know, I could have recorded it this afternoon, but no, after I came back from the library, um, decided to play Super Mario Odyssey for two hours instead of recording this podcast. So, so now it's 5.45. I'm going to eat dinner. Uh, I'm supposed to take a shower as well, but nope, not going to be doing those because I get... Cause, I decided to put off recording this podcast episode until now. Because I decided to play Super Mario Odyssey for two hours. Yeah, because, you know, I'm very smart, obviously. So, no, whatever. Okay, you know, I, even I don't think I'm smart because I'm genuinely not. Uh, <laughs> have you seen my school grades? <laughs> not, not, not good people, okay? I, I am not a smart person at all. <laughs> I am not the person you go to for smarts. <laughs> okay, I eat Smarties like nobody's business, especially because, well, I have low blood sugar, so, so you know, and Smarties are just pure sugar. And, and surprisingly, Smarties, you know, to, despite the fact I've probably eaten more Smarties than anybody else, it did not make me smart. Apparently, Smarties do not make you smart. Kind of a shocker, I know, but, but just take it from me. They don't. That or on the, you know, if they do actually make you smarter, then, oh dear God, I can't even imagine how dumb I would be if I didn't eat them because how dumb I am now. So, you know, here's that. <laughs> uh, gosh. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> oh boy, everybody. I love you all. <laughs> just the random shit that comes to my head and the shit, the random shit that I say. Like, I'm just, I'm just being honest. I don't even know the shit I'm going to say next. Like, all these episodes, like, I'm just saying whatever shit comes to my head. Like, none of this is pre-planned. None of it is scripted. I'm literally just making up shit as I go along. I have no idea what I'm going to say next. I'm just... I amaze myself sometimes. Probably not good that way, but you know, I, I do. I, I, I amaze myself sometimes. <laughs> not necessarily in a good way. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, you know, so like I went to the Shawnee Library this morning. Um, but this afternoon I went to uh, Hessen Castle. Um, don't have it with me, darn it. But yeah, I uh, got out uh, Nickelodeon Kart Racers. <clears throat> yes, I know that game from everything I've heard is complete fucking garbage. But it's just like, now that we're making a brawl, uh, a Super Smash Bros. clone of it, yeah, we're making a Nickelodeon Super Smash Bros. clone. Oh my god, like, yeah, like, crazy man, like, like, I just, like, like, 
there's almost no chance it's going to be any good, but like I can't wait to play it. Uh, simply because of Invader Zim. And then the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's literally all I care about. I don't care about Nickelodeon outside of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Invader Zim. Every other franchise can go fuck itself. Like, I saw like three episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants ever. And I remember it being so fucking stupid that I was like, how does anybody like this shit? <laughs> you know, Avatar The Last Airbender is the very definition of mediocrity. Uh, sorry, not sorry, all you Avatar The Last Airbender cultists out there. Um, and like, what, a, what, what are like other Nickelodeon franchises? Like, this just shows you like how little I know about Nickelodeon. Just because I don't give a fuck. Uh... Uh, oh yeah, I guess there's like that Rugrats thing. I don't know. I, I know nothing about it. I just remember seeing like the commercials for it everywhere as a kid, you know, like, when I was like stupid little, like, that show was out when I was like, oh God, like fucking young, like probably like a toddler or something, like, yeah. I don't know. I know nothing about that show other than that, like, it was, like, everywhere when I was fucking little. Like, when I was really little, like, I really did not notice much about society or culture. There were a few things I do remember. I remember uh, the Matrix sequels. Because we bought Dad that for, I think, for his birthday, which is December 24th. We bought him both uh, Matrix sequels on DVD. I remember um, X-Men 2 coming out. I remember, uh, Star Wars Episode 3 coming out when I was, and that would have been, like, when I was, like, what, when did it come out, like, 2005 or something, like, spring 2005, like, let's see, how old would I have been at that point, um, so I would have been, okay, that would have been one year, that would have been two, three, four, five, six, so I would have been six when that came out. Because, like, you could not go anywhere without seeing uh, Star Wars Episode 3 shit. Like, I remember going to the store and just seeing, like, everywhere Star Wars Episode 3 stuff. I remember uh, Frito-Lays, you know, the, the, the chips. They had uh, Star Wars Episode 3 stickers on them. I actually collected a few of those stickers. Like, I knew nothing about Star Wars at the time. Like, I knew none of these characters. I knew absolutely nothing about it. Like, but, like... I collected the stickers anyway just because they looked cool. That was literally it. You know? Um, like, who's Yoda? I don't know. I don't know. I knew one character in Star Wars at that time, and that was Jar Jar Binks. And that was because my dad had an uh, encyclopedia for uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Um, and I have a younger, and my youngest sister's name... Yes, I know I'm doxing her and I'm a horrible older sister for doing this. But, like, her name is Daria. And so growing... So when I was little, I used to like to torture her by calling her Dardar Binks. Yes, I called her Dardar Binks. I was the worst oldest sibling ever. <laughs> she hated it. And I just did it just to piss her off. <laughs> oh my gosh.
Yeah, if I called her that today, she'd probably slap the shit out of me and you know what? It'd be totally deserved. Especially uh, now that we've seen the movie and we know just truly how fucking annoying that character really is. Like, oh uh, yeah. Good times. Good times. You know, like, I remember, um, you know, Rugrats, I was kind of like everywhere. Of course, SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, I don't know, like, I really don't remember much else from that. Spider-Man 2! Oh my god! How did I forget Spider-Man 2? That was fucking everywhere. I even had, like, coloring pages, from, I think from Giant Eagle or Kroger, um, for Spider-Man 2. And I had the toys. I had toys for it. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I had, yeah, I had toys for Spider-Man 2. Um, I mean, I also remember I had walkie-talkies from Spider-Man 1. Yeah, like, I literally had, like, probably, like, 8-inch walkie-talkies of Spider-Man and the Green Goblin. Not joking at all. I miss those things. I really, I, I fucking miss those things. So like, if I could find those things, I don't care if they're working. Like, I don't need them to work. If, I, if they're not working, the better, just so that I accidentally don't turn them on or anything. I just want that shit. Because, <laughs> like, those are, like, some of the earliest toys I remember having. Um, that and some, uh, 2003 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures. Um, I sort of had a bunch of G.I. Joes. Um, Scarlet, what was her name, like, Scarlet or something, something like that? Miss Scarlet or something like that, I remember. Uh, Snake Eyes was always my favorite of the G.I. Joe action figures. Um, but yeah. Bunch of them, I don't remember many of her names. And a bunch of G.I. Joes. But yeah. I, that's pretty much all I remember of, like, the broader culture growing up. Like, the first news story I ever remember is Hurricane Katrina. Because when did that happen? Like, I would have been, like, 2004, 2005. So, like, I would have been, like, five or six when that happened. That was, like, the first, like, news story I remember. So. Like, I don't even, I'm, like, I'm trying to think, like, yeah, because I was, like, way too young to remember 9-11. Like, I was two when that happened. I don't think I even learned about 9-11 until I was, like... I think the first time I ever heard about it was on it was would have been uh, 2006. Because I remember the news uh, talking about the five-year anniversary of it. But, like, I had no concept of what actually happened then. I don't think I even learned about it until probably, like, 2007, 2008. So I would have probably been like, what, like, eight, nine when I actually learned what happened. And I was like fucking fascinated with it for like a month. And then I just stopped giving a shit, which is pretty much continued on to this day where I still, as a 22 year old, still don't give a fucking shit about 9-11. If I'm being completely honest, like. I, I'm sorry, I don't care. <laughs> okay, when, when, when uh, the plane hit that tower or whatever, 
uh, I'll probably shitting in my diaper or throwing Duplo across the room, okay? Like, I don't care. It happened before I can remember anything. It might as well never even have happened for me. Like, here's how I... I care in as much as I, you know, will listen to, like, survivors or, like, victims, you know, like, like, uh, victims and so, you know, people who are victims and the way, like, somebody that they know died in it or something like that, you know, or their first responders, like, that I care, like, I, like, I don't mind listening to those stories, but, like, I'm being honest, like, I honestly, like, the thing that really made me stop giving a shit is listening to all the fucking adults, you know, anyone who fucking remembers it going around and talking, like, well, here's where I was when I heard about the tower, when the tower falling or plane hit the tower. Like, bruh, I'm sorry, but nobody gives a shit about how you learned about it listening to Howard Stern. I'm sorry. I don't give a shit. Please shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, 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 on 9-11, here's how it always goes down. You never hear any of the stories about the survivors or, you know, the victims or whatever. You, all you hear about um, is where some random dipshit in Wyoming, um, where they were when they, when, when they heard about it, you know. When some friend called them up or, you know, they just happened to turn on, turn on the t television expecting to watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. But instead, it's news coverage of it. Like, I'm sorry. I don't give a shit about where you were at the time. Shut the fuck up. Seriously. For the sake of humanity, shut the fuck up. Okay? It's been what? This is the 20th anniversary. Everybody knows by this point where you were when you heard about it. Because you've had 20 fucking years to talk about it. There's no... Like, everybody's heard it at this point. Nobody cares. How about we actually listen to the actual fucking victims of 9-11? Okay, just just saying. I am so fucking tired of it. I'm sorry. I I I I am. I'm just so fucking tired of hearing all you fucking losers just sitting here like, oh gee, yeah, you're uh, you you, you just happen to have uh Fox News on during that time. Yeah, okay, cool. But you know what I never hear victims of it. But yeah, I get to look at my Twitter or Facebook timeline and uh, read about how um, uh, you, 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 a friend called you and you immediately flipped on to the local ABC station to hear what was going on. Yeah, okay, shut up. I'm sorry. I just don't know if it all just... I, nobody cares where you were. We've heard about it for the last 19 years. Shut up. Let the victims tell their stories. Like, you know, the people who actually have a reason to talk about it, other than you who sat on your ass, um, watching it happen live on screen. Like, like seriously, like, I, I, I don't even know, like, why, like, why does anyone care? Like, you're just watching it on screen, like, like, why does that make it so magical and worth talking about? Like, I, I don't know, I don't get it. I I don't get it. And you know what? If I come across as an insensitive asshole on this, I don't give a shit. Uh, because, let's be honest, I don't give a shit about people who just sat there and watched something happen. 
But if you're a victim of insomnia, like, once again, if you're a victim in it, you know, of insomnia, I don't give it, you know. Please, go ahead, tell your story. Like, I would actually, I actually want to hear those stories, because you know what? I never hear those stories. No, every year, you, I all I hear is everyone around me, everyone on Facebook, everyone on Instagram and Twitter, um, sit there and talk about where they were when they first heard about it on ESPN. Sorry. Alright, now that I've uh, finished pissing off enough people, uh, I think that uh, we should probably move on to... Uh, <laughs> nobody's listening to the podcast at this point. <laughs> and you know what? It's probably fucking deserved. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, we're going to actually have to skip over this one story because I've been going on long enough. Um, so there's this one story in uh, the New York Times. But I think it's just, like, it's, it's, it's insane. So, you know, I am somebody who survived trans conversion therapy. And I went through it. My parents sent me to it. Went through it for two years. Had to block both years out of my memory. Uh, so, you know, believe me, I know just how much torture conversion therapy is. And this is something that I absolutely despise in every way. Uh, so imagine my shock when I find out that, um, apparently, uh, they do conversion therapy for people with autism. Um, and... Literally, the reason I'm talking about this story, first of all, because it's not getting anywhere close to enough coverage. Uh, second, as a survivor of conversion therapy, I absolutely want to stand arm in, uh, you know, stand uh, arm in arm or hand in hand, whatever the fuck, with uh, autism conversion therapy survivors or just, you know, uh, votes of autism in general. Because um, this is fucking horrifying. And honestly, I think that this is something that the LGBT community should very much, you know, uh, be advocating against because, well... Quite simply, I think conversion therapy is mostly synonymous with the LGBT community. And because they are doing conversion therapy for people with autism, we should be very much being on the front lines along with, you know, people with autism, you know, to end this horrific practice. Because I think this article really shows good. something I didn't know. Like, I honestly thought this was just a LGBT thing. But no, like, this is something they just do for anybody who's different. And I think it's, we really just need to shine a light on this, that conversion therapy, that conversion therapy is just a tool of the majority to oppress those who are different. And so while this is not an LGBT article, this is something, you know, it is about conversion therapy. It's something that many in the LGBT community have gone through. And therefore, you know, we need to be advocating against this autism conversion therapy as well. Which is why I'm bringing uh, my attention, trying to bring attention to this story. Because, quite frankly, it's horrifying. I mean, just human humanity in general should be horrified that this is a thing happening. But especially those in the LGBT community. Because once again, conversion therapy is synonymous with the LGBT community. And so I think we really need come around our autistic brothers and sisters or NBs. Um, 
with this story and lend our voice and you know and uh you know lend our support and activism to ending this anyway i pacificated long enough about that um so yeah the new york times uh had uh, of course you can find uh a link to the article in the show notes yeah, this is from the New York Times. Uh, court overturns FDA ban on school's electric shock devices. Yep. Court siding with conversion therapy. Woohoo, baby. Yay. Anyway, continuing on. Let's dive into the article. A Massachusetts school can continue to use electric shock devices to modify behavior, um, modify behavior by students with intellectual disabilities, a federal court said this month, overturning an attempt by the government to end the controversial practice, which has been described as torture by critics, but defended by family members. No, no, uh, no, it's torture. It's, it's, it's actual um, literal torture. Um, it's psychological, and in this case, also physical torture. Um, and it, I want to say something. If you are a family member, and you are defending this, um, you are a fucking ghoul, and I genuinely hope that your children are taken away from you. I want to make that very clear. I don't normally, I'm not normally an advocate for having kids taken away from parents. But I think this is one case where, yes, uh, your kids need to be taken away from you for their own good. Because, sorry, uh, if you think torturing your child is okay, um, like, if we don't put the line down on torturing, you're literally torturing your children, you know, saying that, like, yeah, 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 parents should get away with torturing their kids. Yeah, that's probably okay. Don't take away their kids. But what's the fucking line? Because this is literally torture. Okay? Make, make no mistake about it. They're literally shocking kids with electricity. Okay? Like, it's like 90 volts or amps or something. But I don't know. Like, like I don't know the, the fucking technical term. Um, because I'm not that smart. So, like, tasers are like 4 amps or volts. We're just going to say volts. I have no idea. It's answer volts, I don't give a shit. One of those two, we're just gonna go with volts. It's like, tasers are four volts. And y y y we all know what tasers do up to a person, right? Like, you know, kind of fall to the ground, uh, you know, kind of incapacitated for a, few, for a minute or two, you know. Like, it's not pleasant. <laughs> um... You know, it, it, it kind of stops you in your tracks, you know. Um, kind of electrifying, quite literally. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, this shock therapy, quote-unquote, it's 90 volts. So just think about that. Tasers, 4 volts. Think about what that does to a person. We're shocking into a kid's brain, 90 volts. But yeah, it's not torture, apparently. And apparently this is a, a good thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Sure. Makes sense. Totally. Mm-hmm. 
But you're not fucking ghouls for defending it. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. Moving on. In a two-to-one decision, the judges ruled that a federal ban interfered with the ability of doctors working with the school, the Judge Rodenberg Educational Center, to practice medicine. Ah, yes, uh, torturing kids by giving them near-lethal volts, uh, near-lethal shocks. Yeah, that's medicine. You see, um, I think that uh, we should just uh, taser kids, you know. Um, I, I vote that as medicine... Um, we just, uh, shock kids with tasers, you know, um, you know, you, you act a little bit differently, you get shocked with a taser, mm-hmm, uh, you know, you, you're not listening to the teacher, well, that's, uh, bad behavior, and therefore, uh, we're gonna tase you, and remember, tasing is nowhere even close to as bad, or as, like, st strong as, as what they're doing to the autistic kids, remember. So like, what I'm proposing is really fucking mild. No, I think this is what we should do. I think we should call it medicine. Uh -huh. And I just love how they literally say that it's practicing medicine. Yeah, shocking kids of electricity just because they, because we're different. Yeah, that's medicine. All right, so if it's medicine, um, I propose that if, a kid, if, a, if uh, anyone who catches COVID, just shock them. With electricity, because obviously that's medicine, you know? It's perfectly valid because it's medicine, you see. Shocking people with electricity is now medicine. Makes makes total sense. Yes, very big brain going on there. Yes, obviously. Um, continuing on with this uh, article. Uh, it's a practice of medicine, which is regulated by the state. The Food Administrate, the Food Administrate Drug Administration sought to prohibit the devices in March 2020, saying that delivering shocks to students presents an unreasonable and substantial risk of illness or injury. Yeah, gee, 90 volts straight to the brain. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, cause any risk of injury. No, not at all. Quite obviously, no. I mean, what, what, I mean, <laughs> what kind of damage could that cause? I can't even imagine. Obviously, it won't cause any damage. No, not at all. I, 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 I can't. I fucking can't. country is so, oh god, we're so fucked up. Just, oh gosh. Okay. Moving on. Although the FDA's ban was national, the school in Canton, Massachusetts appears to be the only facility in the United States using the shock devices to correct self-harming or aggressive behavior. Oh dear god. The center serves and houses students, both children and adults, with intellectual disabilities, or behavior, emotional, or psychiatric problems. Critics have called their practice dehumanizing and abusive, um, they, with the United Nations labeling it torture. And the FDA says it can, saying it can laws cause long-lasting trauma. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I can't imagine why that would be. 
getting repeatedly shocked with a 90 volt straight to the brain. Yeah, obviously that's not going to cause any long-lasting trauma. Not at all. Oh, God. Continuing on. Um, how would anyone feel if you were being shocked on a daily basis and couldn't get away from it? Said Sam Crane, the legal director of the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network. It's terrifying that this can happen to people. But the school, where the practice has been placed for decades and some parents of students who had defended it, saying that saying it stopped the students from hurting themselves or others when nothing else could. He was nearly dead when he arrived, um, Paul Peterson of Massachusetts said of his son, a 50-year-old who has received shock for treatment at the facility for decades. He had been inducing vomiting, so he was extremely malnourished and uh, underweight. Um, okay, actually, we're going to continue on. Um, the treatment, and, the treatment in which students can wear a special fanny pack with true two protruding wires, typically attached to the arm or leg, can record, deliver quick shocks to the skin when triggered by a staff member with a remote control device. Um, some thirty students, some three hundred students, live in group homes operated by the school, which was founded in 1971 and provides education and vocational service, services to residents whose conditions range from autism to psychosis. Ah, yes, autism and psychosis. Uh, very comparable. Obviously. You know, you have uh, delusions versus getting overstimulated. Obviously comparable. Okay, continuing on. The shock devices are approved for use on all 55 people, all adults currently, although some started the treatment when they were children, when whose parents requested and consented to it, said Michael Flamia, a lawyer for the center. The treatment must also be approved for specific students by a local judge. These people demonstrate dangerous behavior, Mr. Flamia said, such as banging their heads to the point of retinal detachment and blindness, self-biting, breaking their own bones, and violently attacking others. Okay, so... This behavior doesn't just come from nowhere. Like, um, look, I'm not pretending to be some great expert on autism, but, uh, kind of usually call, you know, I, what we'd call like autistic behavior is usually caused by, uh, overstimulate stimulation. So maybe, you know, um, instead of punishing them for something that they cannot help, uh, maybe do something to help the environment, let be uh, less overstimulating. Like, this is a school that tends to autistic people. Like, shouldn't you be the least stimulating of them all? But no, 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 no. We're gonna keep it stimulating you now. Get the overstimulation. Um, but no, what we're gonna do instead, instead of you know. Um, making an environment for the people that's suitable for the people that we claim to be helping. Because remember, the school claims to be helping autistic people. So instead, I know, instead of making an environment that is good for autistic people, you know, making an environment that's not overstimulating, what we're going to do instead is keep the overstimulation. No, 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 no. We, we're, we're going to keep that. But, but um, instead, what we're just going to do is uh, shock them. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, how about this? Just don't overstimulate. Like, 
there's usually like warning signs, you know, like they usually, you know, like. I mean, this is fucking evil. Fucking evil. Like, I genuinely don't even understand how one of you argue this. Defend this. And not only defend this, but do it. Feel good about yourself. Like, how much of a fucking ghoul do you have to be? I'm sorry. You're a fucking ghoul. Like, do you have any sense of morality? Like, just judging by all of this shit, I say, I think, nay. You don't. But continuing on. And the statement after the federal court's decision, the school wrote, With the treatment, these residents can continue to participate in enriching experiences. Ah, yes. Being shocked by it with 90 volts. Very enriching. Very enriching. You know, when I think of an enriching time, I think about being tortured. Um, yeah, you know, that's what I think of as an enriching time. Um, enjoy visits with her families and, most importantly, live in safety and freedom from self-injurious and aggressive behaviors. The behaviors aren't the problem! It's the environment! Oh my fucking god! This just shows nobody gives a shit about autistic people. We don't give a shit about anyone who is different. No, it's not, not let's help the autistic people. You know, let's not actually, you know, help them out. Let's just Force them to be different, you know? Punish them for being different. That's literally what this is. This is literally just punishing them for being fucking different. Oh, you, you know, you, you have different stimulation levels from, you know, most people? Well, too bad. Guess what? You get to be shocked for it. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, seriously, what of this, of these justifications are at all different from what they use for, you know, LGBT people? I mean, all of these fucking arguments, I see it all the fucking time when defending why on earth, you know, conversion therapy, even shock therapy for LGBT people is perfectly fucking justified. Well, you know, obviously gay sex is dangerous, and so, you know, we're just correcting for dangerous sexual behaviors. You know, by, 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 you know, by ensuring that, by trying to force them to be straight, we are creating, we are making, giving them richer and healthier and happier lives. I mean, seriously, these are the exact same fucking arguments. Arguments that they use to justify autism uh, conversion therapy are the same arguments they use to justify LGBT conversion therapy and vice versa. It's just one big fucking circle. There is no new arguments for any of these, you know, conversion therapy groups. They're all one in the fucking same. They just copied each other's notes. And they just use them. They just, it's basically what they like, did. It's like, almost feels like they have, like, they created these talking points and do, like, fill in the blanks for whatever is your situation. Are you, are, you, are you dealing with autistic people? Are you dealing with LGBT people? So here's your talking points. Here's some blanks and just fill in. Like, are you talking about gay people? Are you talking about trans people? Are you talking about autistic people? Just fill in the blank for that situation. Like, this is what it almost feels like. Because these are the exact same fucking talking points. This is fucking evil. Um, let me see. Um... 
The FDA's attempts last year to ban the procedure was the culmination of a decades-long battle by critics, including legislation, lawsuits, and petitions to end the electric shocks, which they argue have been administered excessively and cause, can cause lasting damage, lasting damage. So yeah, this has been going on for decades, and the court just said, nah, fuck you. Autistic people, man, you know, if you don't want to get shocked, just don't be autistic, you see. Um, it's really that simple, you know, just don't be autistic. It's basically what the court was saying. Let's be honest, that's what a ruling is tantamount to. Just don't be autistic, you know? Um, you know, if you're a lesbian going through a conversion therapy and you don't want to get raped, well, then uh, just don't be a lesbian, you see. It's really that simple. I mean, it, it, what the court is basically just saying is, yeah, you know, uh, the fact that this is even a thing, period, and that this has de taken decades just to get to the point where a federal court say, nah, fuck you. Um, is that, uh, basically, autistic people, you're subhuman scum, just, you know, be normal. That's basically what this is saying. Continuing on, um, in one 2002 episode, captured on video, Andre McCollins, then an 18-year-old student at the center, did not take off his jacket as instructed, and was shocked repeatedly while screaming. Ah, yeah, so a kid didn't take off her jacket, therefore, uh, just continually, repeatedly shock them. Yeah, that's how normal humans, um, how, you know, normal, civilized, rational human beings deal with people who don't take off jackets when asked. You shock them. Repeatedly. But yeah, this, yeah, we're, we're civilized, you see. We here in America, we're civilized. You see, when we have people who are different from us, you see, um, and they don't act just how we want them to, you see, we are so civilized that we shock them. Repeatedly. We, you see, um, that's civilized. That's civilized, normal, rational adult behavior. You see... This is a civilized culture, you know, unlike, you know, um, you know, Africa, where they live in uh, huts and, and have spears and all that stuff, you see. Um, that's uncivilized, you see, uh, you know, to, to just ignore the fact that I'm, you know, overly stereotyping, you know, and most of Africa is not like that anymore, but, uh, you know, and that most of, you know, Africa's uh, lack of wealth in development is due to, you know, hundreds of years of imperialism. But, you know, see, that's that's uncivilized. You see, Africa, very uncivilized. You know, they don't have, you know, all the, they don't have, like, their own L.A., you see. Um, you know, uh, they, 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 they die through trash to sell, you know, metals and stuff like that just to, you know, eat one meal a day. You see, that's uncivilized, but... We here in America, where uh, we shock people who are different, who, uh, um, who just because they didn't do exactly what, they, what we asked them to do the moment when we asked them to do it. That's civilized. Yes, very civilized. Normal, civilized, rational adult behavior. Very, yes. And yet we have the goal to tell any other country in the world how to do things, you know, how to be moral, how to be ethical, and yet this is what we're doing to our own citizens. 
Like, I genuinely never want to hear another single American motherfucker um, t uh, lecture anybody from any other country about how uncivilized they are and how civilized we are. When this shit is going on right now. This is not civilized behavior, folks. This is not how human beings are supposed to act. Somebody didn't take off her jacket right when you asked them. Forever you shock them repeatedly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's perfectly normal, acceptable, defendable behavior. Really? Okay, yeah. We're not barbarians at all. Okay. Yeah, no. This is barbarian behavior. Everyone who supports this or did this should be called the barbarians of AR, and we should be shunned from society. Let's be honest. Uh, continuing on. His family sued, and the case was settled under confidential terms in 2012. Um. The FDA said that the, device, the evidence of the device's effectiveness was weak, with no evidence of long-term behavioral changes in residents. While the risk of her included use of her use included depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, pain, burns, and tissue damage, it recommended alternative treatments instead. Um, Rico Torres, a former student, wore a shock device for most of a decade, starting at age eight. He told NBC News last year, or sorry, this year, what we're doing is just talk, taking people out of issues and just building more. Yeah, 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 can't see how. Um. Honestly, I don't see it at the point of continuing on. I think we get the point at this point. This is fucking evil. Um... Fuck, fuck everyone who has ever administrated um, this kind of shock therapy. Sh fuck everyone who defends it. Um, you're a real piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. And yeah, um, what a fucking ghoul. All right, everybody. Um, so we are going to end this episode uh, with um, a good news episode with a good news story. Um, from Good News Network. Uh, and, it, it, and of course you can find a link to the article in the description below. Uh, it is titled, Paralyzed Man's Brainwaves Get Turned Into Sentences on Computer. Scientists Thrilled, quote-unquote, Beyond Words. Researchers at UC San Francisco have successfully developed a speech neuroprosthesis. Neuroprosthesis? I have no idea how to pronounce that word. That's what we're going with. But it has enabled a man with severe paralysis to communicate in senses, translating signals from his brain to the vocal tract directly into words that appear as text on a screen. The achievement builds on more than a decade of, of effort by UCSF neurosurgeon Edward Chang to develop a technology that allows people with paralysis to communicate even if they are unable to speak on their own. To our knowledge, this is the first successful demonstration of the direct decoding of full words from the brain activity of someone who is paralyzed cannot speak, said Chain, who's, author, who's senior author on the study. It shows strong privacy restore communication by tapping into the brain's natural speech machinery. Each year, thousands of people lose the ability to speak to, due to stroke, accident, or disease. With further development, the approach in the study could one day enable these people to fully communicate. Previously, work in the field of communication neuroprosthetics 
has uh, focused on restoring communication through spelling-based approaches to type out letters one by one in text. Change study differs from these efforts in a critical way. His team is translating signals intended to control muscles of the vocal system for speaking words, rather than signals to move the arm or hand to enable typing. Change said his approach taps into the natural and fluid aspects of speech and promises more rapid and organic communication. With speech, we normally communicate information at a very high rate, up to 150 to 200 words per minute, he said, noting that spelling-based approaches using typing and writing and controlling a cursor are considerably slower and more laborious. Going straight to words, as we're doing here, has great advantages because it's closer to how we normally speak. Over the past decade, Chain's progress toward this goal was facilitated by patients at the UCSF Epilepsy Center who were undergoing neurosurgery to pinpoint the origins of her seizures using electrode arrays placed on the surface of her brains. These patients, all who had normal speech, volunteered to have her brain recordings analyzed for speech-related activity. Early success with these patient volunteers paved the way for the current trial in people with paralysis. Previously, Chang and his colleagues in the UCSF Wheel Institute for Neurosciences mapped the cortical activity brain patterns associated with vocal tract movements that produce each consonant and vowel. To translate these findings into speech recognition of full words, David Moses, PhD, a postdoctoral engineer in the Chang lab, develop new methods for real-time decoding of these patterns and statistical language models to improve accuracy. But for success in decoding speech and participants who are, who are able to speak didn't guarantee that the technology would work in a person whose vocal tract is paralyzed. Our models needed to learn the mapping between complex brain activity patterns and intended speech, said Moses. It poses a major challenge when the participant can't speak. In addition, the team didn't know whether brain signals controlling the vocal tract would still be intact for people who, had been, who haven't been able to move her vocal muscles for many years. The best way to find out was that whether this could work was to try it, said Moses. To investigate the potential of this technology in patients with paralysis, Ching thought partner with a colleague, oh god, I'm going to butcher this so badly, uh, Karunesh, Karunesh, is what we're going with, Karunesh Gangeli, an associate professor of neurology to launch a study known as Bravo, Brain Computer Interface Restoration of Arm and Voice. The first participant in the trial is a man in his late 30s who suffered a, suffered a devastating brainstem stroke more than 15 years ago and severely damaged the connection between his brain and vocal tract and limbs. Since his injury, he has had limited head, neck, and limb movements and communicates by using a pointer attached to his baseball cap to poke letters on a screen. The participant who asked to be referred to as Bravo One worked with the researchers to create a 50-word vocabulary that Chang's team could recognize from brain activity used, using advanced computer algorithms. The vocabulary, which includes words such as water, family, and good, was sufficient to create hundreds of sentences expressing concepts applicable to Bravo One's daily life. For the study, Chang surgically implanted a high-density electrode array over Bravo One's speech motor cortex. After the participant's full recovery, his team recorded 22 hours of neuroactivity in this brain region for over 48 sessions and several months. In each session, Bravo One attempted to say each of the 50 vocabulary words many times while the electrodes recorded brain signals from his speech cortex. To translate the patterns of recorded brain, sorry, to translate the patterns of recorded neuroactivity into specific intended words, 
The other two lead authors of the study used custom neural network models, which are forms of artificial intelligence. When the participants attempted to speak, these networks distinguish subtle, subtle patterns in brain activity to detect speech pattern attempts and identify which words he was trying to say. To test for approach, the team first, first presented Bravo 1 to sort in sentences, constructed from the 50 vocabulary words, and asked him to say them, try saying them several times. As he made his attempts, the words were decoded from his brain activity one by one on the screen. Then the team switched to prompting him with questions such as, How are you today? And would you like some water? As before, Bravo 1's attempted speech appeared on the screen. I am very good, and no, I am not thirsty. The team found that the system was able to decode words from the brain activity um, at a rate up to 18 words per minute with up to 93% accuracy, 75% median. Uh, contributing to the success that was a language model Moses applied that implemented an autocorrect function similar to what is used by customer texting and speech recognition software. Moses characterized the early trial results which appeared in the New England Journal of Medicine as a proof of principle. We were thrilled to see the accurate decoding of a variety of meaningful sentences, he said. We showed it is actually possible to facilitate communication in this way with its potential for use in conversational settings. Looking forward, Chan and Moses said they will expand the trial to include more participants affected by severe paralysis and communication deficits. The team is currently working to increase the number of words and available vocabulary, as well as uh, improve the rate of speech. Both said that while the study focused on a single participant and a limited vocabulary, those limitations won't diminish, don't diminish the accomplishment. This is an important technological milestone for a person who cannot communicate naturally, said Moses. And it demonstrates the potential for this approach to give a voice to people with severe paralysis and speech loss. So yeah, just fucking amazing what we're doing with actual medicine. What we're at, well, you know, um, actually good things with technology to actually improve better pe people's lives. Like, this is pretty fucking amazing. Um, and should be applauded, you know. Maybe those uh, autistic... Therapy people should, uh, you know, help out with this or something. Um, you know, do something useful with their lives if they want to um, work with technology and electricity and people. So, um, anyway, yeah, that was fucking beautiful. Um, anyway, that's everything I got for today, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hope you all have a great day. Peace out.